Praise the Lord. God is good. We are going to go to the book of Galatians today. We will probably spend most of our time there. Galatians chapter 6. And um, got some things stirring in my heart. Um, let me know we're called to make a difference in the lives of those around us. We've been talking about some of that over the last uh, couple of weeks. And really the last two months we've been dealing with just... Uh, you know, letting the Spirit of God breathe into us on a day-to-day basis and not let any other spirit breathe into us. Hallelujah. But, you know, ultimately the idea is, uh, you know, we're, we're called to be influencers. And so uh, you have a spirit, and when you let the Spirit of God breathe into you, it changes, amen, you. And thus, when you then turn around, you're then able to also breathe into the life of another human being, come on somebody, and make a difference, praise God. And if we got the wrong spirit breathing into us, then chances are it's going to be wrong influence. And that's just a fact. Now, today I'm going to kind of spin this a little bit, and we're going to uh, go to chapter 6, verse 1. I want to read verse 1 for you first says this, brethren, or sisters, come on, ain't just, just for, it's just the body of Christ here. If a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, look at your neighbor and say, I hope you're spiritual. It didn't say superior, right? It didn't say you who are superior, it said you who are spiritual. There's a big difference, all right? You who are spiritual, then are called to restore such a one. Well, which one? Well, this particular case is talking about somebody that's been overtaken by, uh, by a trespass, right? In other words, somehow or another, uh, because in context, you're coming out of chapter 6, it's coming out of chapter 5. Uh, when this was written, it was a full letter. It wasn't written in uh, you know, chapters in the sense of 1, 2, 3, 4, uh, like that. It was a whole letter written, and so it just flows right out of that last chapter talking about uh, the difference between the works of the flesh versus uh, the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. And then it talks, talking about, you know, when somebody has been, you know, has, let's say, got caught up with the work of the flesh. And, you know, I've made mention uh, about this text uh, out of ch- uh, chapter 5 uh, probably a couple times now in the last couple months, uh, making reference of it that really the works of the flesh could be defined as the fruit of a wrong spirit. Okay, so you got the fruit of a wrong spirit, and then he says, but we're called to operate out of the fruit of the right spirit. Come on, the spirit, amen. So if we're letting the spirit of God breathe into us, we're more apt to walk in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Praise the Lord. Uh, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. All that comes out of, you know, out of you, flowing through you when you're letting the Spirit of God breathe into you. But now when we got the wrong thing breathing into us, and it has happened, look at your neighbor say, I remember that one time about you. No, no, no. Anyway, we've all had that happen to us. Amen. Had the wrong thing breathing into us. And as a result of it, then we end up doing one of those nasty things called works of the flesh. We've all been there. 
all right? And we may read some of this here in a minute, but uh, this here's in context then. Remember, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, in other words, the wrong thing's been breathing into him, and they made a mistake, they crossed the line, all right? They committed a sin, all right? How many know not every, not every mistake is sin? Every sin is a mistake, but not every, mis- not every uh, mistake is sin. Sin is to know to do good and not to do it. Sometimes somebody just made a mistake. They didn't know any different. But some people know what they're doing, and thus it's called sin. Are we clear on that? So anyway, if a man is overtaken in anything, okay, so whatever, whatever it could be, didn't define which it is, what they did wrong. It just says they've been overtaken by something. It says you who are spiritual. Do I have any spiritual people in the house today? Okay, spiritual. Um, we probably should define that. What do you think? All right, let's define spiritual. The word spiritual, now, yeah, yeah, I should have I put the uh, Greek word. Now, maybe it doesn't matter to you guys, but uh, um, it's, you know, the word spirit in itself is pneuma, okay? Uh, but this particular word is a different, it's, it starts with pneuma. Let's see, pneuma matikos. Okay, pneuma matikos. Okay, so anyway, sounds like akuma. No, never mind. I'll leave it alone. Anyway, um, so anyway, that's the word. So it does come out of the spirit. It's talking about that which breathes, you know. But it's talking about, amen, uh, uh, something beyond that. So when I shut my Bible, why'd I do that? Anyway, so chapter six again. Let me get to it. Verse one. Thank you. So if you who are spiritual. All right, so the word spiritual here means non-carnal, makes sense. It also means um, ethereal, okay? Now, I had to look that up because I had no clue what that meant. Um, But it means spiritually perceptible. It refers to being heavenly or celestial awareness. In other words, you're aware of the unseen. You're aware of heavenly things, celestial things. Are you still with me? So, see, you could be saved and not be spiritual. You let's 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 try this one. How many believe there's an unseen realm? About half of you. Let's try that again because I think maybe just you know we're napping. How many agree there is an unseen realm? Okay, you believe there's a heaven, there's a hell, there's a God, come on, Jehovah God, and there's an enemy, come on somebody. There's angels, how many believe in angels, right? There's angels, and there's also then demons or imps or however you want to call it, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. You can sum them all up and say just, you know, uh, you know those cohorts of the darkness. Hello, somebody, however you want to do it. Now, uh, we can uh, be a people who agree that there's an unseen realm. And still not be spiritual. Because you know what to answer as a child of God. I'm not trying to pick on nobody. I'm not trying to trick anybody. I'm not trying. That's not what I'm doing. See, we as Christians... 
know enough to say, well, duh, there's a heaven, there's a God, you know, there's an enemy, there's, there's angels, there's an unseen realm, but not be aware of its workings. Not have an awareness of what's operating around us. I believe um, that if, if we could do this, it might, be, it might be a trip, but if we could do this, it would, be, it would just be amazing. If all of a sudden, the Spirit of God would just give us five minutes to see the unseen realm. Just five minutes. Most of us, by the end of 30 seconds, would be crying to stop. To really be honest. We'd all think, oh, no, I'd love it. Mm. We're talking about the house of God. You know, we're not inviting any devils in here. Uh, we just didn't. Um, but you might have brought one. Um, you know, um, we're not saying that anybody in here is possessed, but you could be oppressed. You could be dealing with oppression and not realize you got an imp from hell sitting on your shoulder. That breathes into you all the time. And, um, you know, if, if we could see the unseen for a few minutes, some of you would just all of a sudden be stunned and just wouldn't move. Some of you would maybe head under the chair, head for a corner of the building and curl up in a fetal position. Some of you may actually get up and run out the door only to find more of it out there and maybe even worse. See, we're not aware enough of the unseen realm. Everything in the natural realm was made by the unseen realm. The Word says we walk by faith and not by Sight. We don't, we're not even called to operate in faith by a natural reasoning, natural, our emotions, our feelings. Our, we're not called to be uh, dictated to by the senses. We're called to walk by faith. Are you still with me? But if we're not aware of the unseen, we kind of let all that go how we conduct life, the decisions that we make, how we respond, react to people. If you're aware of the unseen, you're more apt to change how you respond, to change how you react to things. The decisions you'd make would be a lot different if we were truly aware, ethereal is this word. Spiritually perceptible. Now, I believe most people are oblivious to the unseen. They know it's there. I'm talking about Christians now. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about Christians. They're oblivious to the unseen, okay? Much less discerning of it. Now, before you all get mad at me and shut me off, I want you to hear what we have to say today. Okay, because a lot of the issues and problems that are on planet Earth today are because of a lack of awareness 
of an unseen realm. Still with me? All right. Okay, so let's, let's go back to this. Uh, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, amen, you who are spiritual, restore such a one, and it says this, in a spirit of gentleness. In a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Hmm. Let's go back here. In a spirit, that same word pneuma, okay, same thing. But it says the spirit of gentleness. Now, he just got done talking about the fruit of the spirit, and that's one of the words in the fruit of the spirit is gentleness. Now, a lot of times, you know, gentleness gets, you know, we, we look at that, we kind of get a mixed idea of what gentleness means. The word gentleness is defined here uh, in this, uh, this word here is defined as meekness. And I didn't say weakness. Meekness. When you break down meekness at its best, it's probably rawest form. Meekness is about being teachable. And you're going to understand, it's not talking about somebody sitting in a seat and learning something from somebody else, but yet in the sense of whatever it is that we're in the midst of, amen, we are open. Really what it comes down to is this. Uh, meekness is not, okay, as I said earlier, we're not superior. We're not know-it-alls. Because if we're going to help restore another individual, we're going to have to operate out of a thing called the spirit of gentleness. And if you're a know-it-all, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. You're going to miss a whole lot of things. And you're going to mess up the whole process. And this is what goes on all the time. So it means meekness. It also means humility. Okay? Humility. And if you remember... Uh, James 4, uh, uh, 1 Peter 5, it, it brings out that when humility is there, the Word says God gives grace to the humble. Grace is a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life, meaning that if somebody will remain meek or humble, now you're in a position where God now can influence you, direct you, lead you, come on somebody, you don't know everything, you're open now that to no matter what's gone on, you're there to be led by God, to be instructed by God, amen, to do the God thing. Anybody else with me? All right, so this word gentleness means meekness, it means humility, but please hear this, okay? Meek, or pardon me, gentleness means, or it speaks of, a proper emotional control under pressure. Gentleness is a proper emotional control under pressure. It means to keep one's will in control during opposition. Gentleness, gentleness is not weakness. Gentleness is not feebleness. It's learning how to be poised. In fact, I like to call it the stay cool spirit. Gentleness is about staying cool in the midst of what's going on. Be ready not only to just 
look at a natural thing, but be ready to hear from heaven, to be led by God, to not jump the gun, to not, you know, not uh, react in some way you shouldn't react, but to stay cool until you get a leading from God. You still with me? Gentleness. The word gentle. Um, you know, today, if you, if you define gentleness or gentle in a new, like a new world dictionary, it means, it says, it means being kind, a kind manner. Well, kindness is a good thing, right? It's also part of the fruit of the Spirit, but kindness and gentleness are two different things. Look at your neighbor and say, you should be kind. Okay. So it's defined as kindness, okay, but gentleness is not dealing with kindness. The New World Dictionaries also says it means to be mild, okay? It means not severe, rough, or violent. It means things like moderate or gradual, okay? Now, the word gentleness is not, it, it, see, none of this here is, are we opposed to or God's opposed to. But he said, if you're going to restore, if you're going to be a difference maker, if you're going to turn the tide of whatever it is right now that's opposing you, your household, your family, your church, your business, your finance, your health, just being kind ain't going to get it done. You're going to need this thing called gentleness. You're going to need to have, stay cool in the midst of whatever is opposing you so you know what to do next or you're going to do the wrong thing. <clears throat> the word gentle actually comes a little bit more out of a, if you look at old school word of gentle or gentleness, um, for instance, the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, how Webster defines gentle uh, back in the early 1800s. It's defined as that which is well-born. Huh? Listen. Well-born. It means of gentle blood. It means noble, dignity, respectable. It uses the word tame, but it's referring to the same way when we refer to somebody as a gentleman. They're poised. They know who they are. They're not all caught up in everything. They remain a gentleman in the midst of whatever's going on. Are you still with me? Amen. That's the more about what we're dealing with here. So gentleness defined in the Greek is defined as meekness or being teachable, humility. It speaks of proper emotional control under pressure or to keep one's will in control during opposition. Still with me. Now, let me do this for sake of time. Let me give you a few things here. Colossians 3 says that the elect of God, one of the things they put on is gentleness. Okay? That's part of, your, that's part of your, what you put on every day. Amen. 1 Timothy 6 says that the man of God pursues gentleness. Ephesians 4 says, those that are called of God walk in gentleness. And 2 Timothy 2 also brings out that the servant of God operates in gentleness.
okay? These are all keys. Now, gentleness, all right, is a powerful component. Now, as we said earlier, it's a part of the fruit of the Spirit or the force of the Spirit that comes out of a believer when God is breathing, or as I should say, allowed to breathe into you on a consistent basis. If you're not letting God breathe in you every day, you're probably not going to operate in this. It just ain't going to happen. Okay, The fruit of the Spirit probably ain't going to be there. You'll probably see more of the work of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit if God's not the one breathing into you every day. Still with me? There's no condemnation. I'm just trying to show you. That's how this works. You want to do this thing right? You ain't gonna, we ain't going to be able to do this by putting you back under the law. The law ain't what's going to make you do right. Still with me? You want to do this thing right, you got to do it the right way. And how are you going to do it? You're going to have to have God breathing into you. You're going to have to spend some time with God. You're going to have to, amen, consume yourself with His ways, His word, His principles. Amen. Arm yourself every day in the Spirit of God with the armor of God. Amen. The sword of the Spirit. I mean, these are things that are given to you, praise God. Because you have to deal with people. If for any other reason, you have to deal with people. And people are nuts. I mean, some of them are just like off the rocker. Some of them are just flat out kooky. Some are just so weird. I, I'm looking all over the place. Some of you are all ducking heads when I, I, I know it's none of you. You're blue ribbon sheep. Come on now. We have to deal with people. And you who are spiritual are called to help restore, to make a difference in those around you who have been overtaken by something. But you got to do it in a spirit of gentleness. I said you got to do it in a spirit of gentleness. All right? Look at your neighbor and say, it's good to flow in the spirit. Hallelujah. Now, um, I'm going to give you three things. Trudy gave you 12. I'm going to give you three. That's the Trinity. There it is, girl. Hallelujah. You might be older, but you still turn me on, girl. <laughs> Definitely put the ooh, mile, mile back in my smile. Amen. That's for sure. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Now, so I'm going to give you three today. All right. So let's look at this. So the first thing, uh, look at your name and say, we're called to be spiritual people, right? All right. All right, so spiritual people remain in control, come on, or operate out of the spirit of gentleness, operate out of that stay cool spirit. Come on now, spiritual people remain in control because they understand there's an unseen realm. First and foremost, you understand there's an unseen, okay, that in itself ought to keep you somewhat in check. Now, let me give it to you the way the Spirit of God uh, gave it to me, all right? If you look at the tail end of this verse, it says this, considering, or in other words, taking heed to yourself, lest 
you also be tempted. The word tempted uh, also means to be enticed, but it means to be scrutinized or tested. In other words, what he's talking about is it you have to understand that your decision can open up a doorway. You got to ask yourself, which door do you want open? Considering yourself, in other words, you want to operate out of a spirit of gentleness because you're not here to criticize or ridicule or condemn. You're here to help restore. And you ain't going to do that if all you can think about is how much of an idiot he is. So you have to consider yourself lest you also open up a door to that same mess. Now, here's what the Spirit of God said to me. Okay, He said this. This is why hospitals are full. This is why prisons and jails are full. This is why rehab centers are full. This is why divorce court is full. This is why there are pro, uh, 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 family, broken homes, family problems. This is why there's homelessness, not the only reason, but this is why some of it. This is why there's bankruptcy and financial collapse. You think, what? Because nobody puts a stop to it. We're too busy pointing fingers at each other and not considering ourselves. So we point our finger at the person over there that's done this, did that, said this, said that, not even knowing you just opened up a doorway. That same old stinking devil that was on that person or around that person or influencing that person, you just invited them into your house. Hello! Because we're not aware of the unseen. I mean, if we were just for a, let's just break, one minute of seeing the unseen, you change your tune. Because in all honesty, if we have any struggle with any kind of oppression, I guarantee you, if it's been an ongoing thing, a chronic thing, there's an imp sitting somewhere around you. It's a fact. That's what's been breathing into you. You love God. You know God. You're going to heaven. Ain't taking that away from you. But to say that there won't be some demonic influence trying to run, ransack your life, you'd be ignorant to think that's not trying to happen right now. Now get this, demonic influence, when you study any kind of form of demonic influence, it's always somewhere along the line, the word says this for sure, do not be ignorant of how he operates. Don't be ignorant of his devices, which always refers to the mental game, because that's where he comes. So my point in saying that is this, if you could see in the unseen realm, you're not only going to see angels sitting around, because I've got them here. 
and you've got some here. So we're going to see all kinds of angelic hosts in the house, but you're also going to see an imp or two. And you might have one sitting on your shoulder. Now that freak you out. Now I ain't trying to scare nobody. That's not my point. My point is, one of the problems we have, we're not aware of the unseen realm. And if you were more aware, you wouldn't give place to that devil. You wouldn't give place to that demon. You wouldn't give place to that little imp from hell. One day, the word says that one day we're actually going to say, he's the one? That stinking devil? Are you kidding me? He's the one that caused the nations uh, to, to devour each other. He's the one that caused the strife and contention. He's the one that caused the divorce. He's the one that caused disease and sin. He's the one. And we allowed him to do it, and the whole time we had authority over him. There ain't nothing about the enemy that we can't handle as children of God. But if you're unaware of it, he's so good at being deceptive. He's so good at manipulating. He'll sit there and breathe into you all day and you buy it and you think you, think you had a thought. That was my thought. No, it wasn't your thought. That was the devil. It don't line up with the word. Still with me? So spiritual people, the spiritual who restore, spiritual people, amen, operate in a spirit of gentleness, operate in control because of an awareness of the unseen. It's worthy of doing it. Still with me. Number two, spiritual people remain in control or remain in that spirit of gentleness. Why? Because they know they reap what they sow. We could almost say this is like part two of the first one because it's a fact. It goes on to talk here in this chapter to bear one another's burdens. Verse two says, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And if anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work. And then he will have re, uh, rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own. Talking about how you relate to somebody, how you look at yourself. Good, bad, indifferent. Come on. Then it says, let him who taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Now it just talks about being honorable. Come on. But verse 7 then sums it up. It says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked or ridiculed. For whatever a man, whatever a man, whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. He who sows to his flesh, will the flesh reap corruption? He who sows to the Spirit, will the Spirit reap everlasting life? Or a quality of life, it means. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. In other words, keep sowing the good seed. Because it will turn this thing. But if we're not operating out of spirit of gentleness, you're not going to turn anything. You're just going to freak out because somebody did something. You're going to get mad because somebody did something. You're going to say something you shouldn't have said. Luke 6 is real clear about sowing and reaping. 
It says that we love even the unlovable. Why? Because it's sowing. It's sowing. Hey, they're unlovable. Yes, yes. They're stinkers. Yes, yes. We're not condoning it. We're not justifying it. We're not making excuses for it. Yes, they're being a stinker right now. But what do you want? You want that to continue? Do you want to turn into a stinker? I should have used a different word. But you get my point. Do you really want to open the door for that? Do you really? Because somebody else made a choice that wasn't good. Do you really want that in your home? I think not. Whatever you sow. Well, that person deserves. They will get their own harvest. You are not going around saying, I'm his harvest. Or I'm her harvest. Or When you do that, you don't realize you just sowed something. And... This is why hospitals are full. This is why prisons are full. This is why rehab centers are full. This is why divorce courts full. This is why bankruptcy courts are full. Because we don't put a stop to it. If you stay cool, somebody just did something. They just said something. They just reacted in a way it shouldn't have done. What do you do? Stay cool. Turn into a gentleman for men and a gentlewoman, I guess, for women. Stay cool, all right? Be cool. Don't get all caught up in it. Don't start spraying words out your mouth. Listen, words are nothing but containers filled with life or death. The word says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. In other words, what you sow, you will reap. Jesus said it's not what goes in the mouth that defiles anybody. It's what comes out his mouth. Well, you, they did, they, do you really want to keep that going? If somebody will just shut her down and say, we're done here. The unseen realm, I ain't giving him any more place. I bind you, you foul, unclean devil. Get yourself out of here in the name of Jesus. You have no place in my home, no place in my body, no place in my finance, no place in my church. But no, we'd rather. And it just keeps on going. So another field. So another crop comes up. So another field. So some more crop comes up. Then we wonder why, why is life so tough? Why does the church have so much problems? Why does our government so screwy? Why? How come? Calgon, take me away. <laughs> Luke 6 brings out, sow the do-good seed. 
even when somebody else isn't doing good. So the blessing, even when there's cursing coming at you. Listen, why? Because of an unseen realm. Somebody's got to put a stop to it. Somebody needs to say enough's enough. And somebody needs to be gentleman enough to say enough's enough. We're done here. The word says in that same text, so mercy. So you can even receive mercy, right? You sow judgment, it says you receive judgment. You sow condemnation, you receive condemnation. You sow forgiveness, and you reap forgiveness. Have you, have you ever stopped to even just think about forgiveness? The verses on forgiveness. He gets done talking about the model prayer. Forgive those who trespass against as you forgive, you know, all that. And then it goes down, and you think, okay, he's going to go expound on all of it. You know what he expounds on? Forgiveness. He could have talked about all the other stuff. But he talk now, if you got unforgiveness, you better get rid of it. Why? Because, he said, you know, listen, it says, because God won't forgive you, right? That's kind of how we start thinking about it. We think, well, then God ain't going to forgive No, 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 you see, you're kind of, you're kind of getting a little bit misconstrued because it really isn't that God isn't the forgiver. It's that you just messed up the unseen realm. And God's trying to get through. God's trying. Remember the hoopah? The hoopah? The covering? You botch that all up by unforgiveness. You botch that up by judgment. You botch that all up by, uh, you know, by, by sowing a bad seed. Come on, instead of a good seed. So we mess up what God's trying to do I mean, you can go to Mark 11, Matthew 6, John 20, all have texts about the importance of forgiveness. Forgive. Forgive. If you were aware of the unseen, you'd say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Don't need none of that mess. <laughs> you know, because I don't want that mess coming back at me. I don't want to open that door for that to hop off on my kids. I don't want that to hop on my finance. I don't want that to hop on my health. I don't want that to hop on my, uh, my marriage. I don't want that mess to hop, hop anywhere near me. Anybody hearing me? So, Amen. Spiritual people remain in control because of an understanding of the unseen realms. Spiritual people remain in control because they reap. They know that they reap what they sow. Spiritual people, last one. Spiritual people remain in control. In other words, they operate out of that spirit of gentleness because they're waiting for the leading of God. Put verse 1 of chapter 6 up there again, if you will. <clears throat> Brethren, if a man is overtaken or a woman overtaken by any trespass, okay? I mean, that's pretty common. I mean, it happens all the time. 
and with people you least expect it. They're like, dude, I thought you were bigger than that. Hey, sister, knock it off. Shut up. Shut up. Now, I know sometimes I'm, I lack a little couth. I get it. Sometimes I do. And I, well, I'm not really working on it, but I should be working on it. <laughs> but uh, sometimes I don't know what else to say it. You know, just shut up right now. Just don't talk. Don't talk. You don't get caught up in it. Go get on the Harley. Just go cool off. Go just get on your horse, I guess. And, uh, you know, go out in the garden, whatever. Okay, go start stitching, uh, you know, whatever. Do whatever it takes. Stay cool. Because you need to stay cool right now. Because you're about to do something, say something that ain't going to bring any kind of restoration to anybody. Some people, I want to just say, you got what's coming to you. Now, I know you thought pastor would never think that. But man, sometimes I want to say it. I want to say, how many times have we told you? Don't go there. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't be that. What is your problem? But that don't restore anybody. And I'm supposed to help restore people because I'm spiritual. Because there is an unseen realm, and because there's always somebody that has been overtaken by some form of trespass, we're called to help restore, make a difference. Why? Because the spirit we operate out of is bigger than the spirit they're operating out of. I just seem a little intense today, didn't I? Just <sighs> So I, I put a verse in here for this one. Um, James 4, put that up there. Kind of a common verse, but I thought, you know, I'll take you out of Galatians here for a minute. Therefore, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, go ahead and put... Uh, Galatians 6, 1 back up, all right? Now, <clears throat> spiritual people operate in a spirit of gentleness, not only because they understand there's an unseen realm, not only because they understand that what they sow they will reap, but also understanding that God's the only one who knows how to restore anybody. Now listen, God has a leading, a bidding, 
a word, a verse, a prompting, that no matter what we're dealing with and who we're dealing with and no matter what they're going through, God can lead you to help them. You're getting caught up with it and just allowing it to continue isn't going to help anybody. Even though every fiber of your being wants to. Somebody's got to put a stop to it. So God will give you a leading. Now, it isn't just a leading on how to communicate to an individual. Remember, they've been overtaken by something else. So also the leading, the bidding, the prompting, the word, the verse, amen, whatever God gives you, amen, is also to lead you in your resistance against whatever it is that we're dealing with. This is where we have been hammering on for the last two months. We've got far too much demonic activity just having free reign. When we have the authority to deal with it, to put an end to it, so we're sitting here all caught up and all along, we're the ones that are going to say, you foul devil, get out of here in Jesus' name. Now, God will lead you in resistance. All kinds of different ways that God uh, will use you. Uh, the Word talks about many ways of, of resistance. If anything, it's like what I talked earlier about. Grace is one of them. So the, the meek or the humble receive grace which is a divine influence. So in other words, somehow God is divinely influencing your core, your center, your heart, so then it can be reflected in your life. Amen. But it goes beyond that. God also, amen, will lead you in things like your confession. Amen. Sometimes God will show you exactly what you need to say. He might give you the exact verse that you need to proclaim or declare. Sometimes God uh, will, will speak to you about Stand, speak the blood. That's one of the things used against your enemy. Right? These are all different ways, right? The blood, for one. The name. Sometimes the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Sometimes it's the name. Are you still with me? I mean, there are different ways uh, that, God will, uh, that God will use you or lead you in the area of resistance. Sometimes he calls it out, will explain to you exactly what you're dealing with and tell you what, how to call them out, how to deal with it. Sometimes, amen, God will lead you in a, in a direction of prayer. Sometimes he'll just have you praying in the Holy Ghost. That's part of your weaponry. Amen. Sometimes he might even say it's time to rejoice because the word says in that day, amen, Rejoice and begin to leap for joy, praise God. He may lead you, man. You're just going to praise this thing right out of here, praise God. It happens. It's another form. Remember, remember when they were going to face their enemy? They said, put all the praisers out front. Now, how many know he didn't do that all the time? Because there might have been a few singers get killed if they'd have done that. 
But there were times when he said, the fight's mine, not yours. Send out the praisers. Okay. Sometimes he'll just give you, the word says, keys of the kingdom. It might just be a key that he gives you on how to deal with this thing. The point is this. Spiritual people, one of the reasons they operate in a spirit of gentleness or a spirit of emotional control in the midst of opposition is because you need to stay cool till you get your leading. But you just start blasting away, and all you've done is allow something to continue. A lot of Christians, and I truly say sometimes you get exhausted. Exactly. Some people are just not spending any time hearing from heaven. They'll just go after it and then get all wore out and beat down and come on, somebody, and not accomplish anything. But part of the spirit of gentleness is to stay cool long enough to get a leading, to get a prompting from God. Amen. So you know exactly what to do. Remember, submit to God first. Then it said, resist the devil and he will flee. And God will lead you in that resistance. Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise, somebody. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you're spiritual. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again for your word and for these principles today. We're thankful, Lord, for a spiritual people. Praise God. People aware of that unseen, praise God. Hallelujah, aware of the heavenlies, aware, praise God, of the, of the celestial uh, movement, all that's going on around us, praise God. Understanding these principles, knowing, praise God, that what they sow, they reap, praise the Lord. Father, I thank you and praise you for a, a spiritual people, a people that operate, hallelujah, or at least one of those things is the spirit of gentleness. And I thank you and praise you, Lord, for a people who are emotionally in control, regardless of the opposition, regardless of the pressure, regardless of any demonic attack, they know how to stay cool in the midst of it. And we give you praise for it. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.